Hi guys, KO here. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila, where we are working to inspire positive, radical social evolution by uniting mission-driven humans. I'm so excited to welcome this varsity human, Blair Horton, to the TNT mic. She is the founder of Holistic Rendezvous, and she is a holistic nutrition consultant and natural chef focused on women's empowerment and hormonal health. We get into all the things today, mostly talking about challenging authority, advocating for yourself, and letting pleasure be your North Star. Lean into this conversation for a full human approach to health, wellness, and happiness, and check out all the great stuff Blair has going on, including her fabulous mocktails that you can easily make a cocktail if you so choose. Have a great day. Be sure to check us out wherever you get your podcasts, and look for this video on YouTube. Cheers. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Questioning a better way, one gracefully disruptive conversation at a time. Welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. I am super excited today. We have local entrepreneurs in the house. They say shop local. I say podcast local. Uh, I didn't even know this person was not only in Colorado, but we're probably about, I don't know, within 10 miles. Um, I'm excited to welcome Blair Horton to the TNT mic. She's a nutrition consultant and natural chef with a passion for helping others achieve optimal health through a holistic approach that focuses on body, mind, and spirit. Blair, welcome to Turmeric and Tequila. Hello. Thanks for having me. I think we're literally probably like a seven minute drive from each other. I think we, we probably could have got solo cups with a long string and just did this podcast yeah, via telephone. Podcasted that way. <laughs> I love it. Well, I'm super excited. Um, this human has like a really great, uh, what I call, we, so turmeric and tequila myself, I'm putting together this whole thing called the whole human way, ironically. And it's about neuro nutrition finances. It's like this whole human approach. And the more I dug into your stuff, I was like, oh my God, this is like, we're totally on on par. And I initially found Blair because she posted this thing about um, like health cubes that had to do with turmeric. And I'm like, oh my God, this is my girl. She's local. We got to get her on. And she agreed. So Blair, give us, before we get into, we've got so much to cover because she is a wealth of phenomenal content and experience. Give us a little story or a little bit of background about young Blair and kind of how we got to where we are today, like the passion piece. Totally. Um, it's funny because I feel like a lot of people in the health and wellness space had some type of like crazy health journey. I haven't had like any intense health journey. Okay. <laughs> um, but for me, it was more like more spiritual, emotional. Um, when I was younger, my dad had a heart attack. He's fine. I always like, feel like I need to yell that really fast. Cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's fine. Um, but from like the age of like, what, probably like 10, uh, we were put like, my dad had to follow a very specific diet for, his heart health after having a heart attack. And I was kind of had like digestive issues growing up. Like I would always get stomach bugs. I would always deal with constipation. And as an adult, I kind of started to try to look to the root cause of what those things are. And it's just funny because one of the things was just not consuming enough salt. Like I was just so depleted in electrolytes that I wasn't getting hydrated. And one thing that they tell you, I, maybe it's different now. I uncertain, um, for people who have like heart issues is basically like so low sodium. And so, because my dad was on this diet, our entire family basically was, and the approach is like low fat, low salt, which is so different than what I would do for someone in that space now. Um, so 
I think from there, like it just made me a little more conscious of what was going in my body because we had to be for my father. Um, then again, like it, I think the diet that they prescribed him as doctors that have no nutrition, uh, studies at all, uh, very interesting, um, is literally like the opposite of what I learned is good for somebody with heart issues. So it's just like, that's the whole tangent that I could go on, but, um, I think it just really started my passion for health at a young age. Then I like went down my path of like being eating raw food, vegan, paleo, blah, blah, blah. And now just kind of focusing on a balanced approach. Um, and I definitely, a lot of that stemmed from more like body image issues, uh, and disordered eating patterns. So <laughs> glad to be in a place where we're much more balanced now. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like the beginnings of it. And to get to where I am now really was, and focusing on women's hormones was, mostly due to just being a perfectionist and trying to figure out how to break out of that mold and be more like, um, I'm a super creative person. And so trying to kind of like get back to my creativity instead of like, so focused on perfectionism. Boom. Well, it's so funny because as I'm like you, I'm, I don't think I'm a perfectionist. I was a long time athlete. So like there's certain angles of perfection you have to have within that just to compete in the mindset. Um, but it's funny, I think as intentional as you are, I always say God, universe, Madonna, whatever you believe, spirituality, but you know, religion, uh, things kind of wind up right on time when they need to be there. And we don't control that much. And even in this conversation, it's so funny, cause I've been focusing on leadership and creativity. And while we're entrepreneurs and we're passionate about health and wellness, like these non like really, um, in intuitive things come in like creativity. Cause we're not really taught that, like how important that is onto your entrepreneurial journey or your personal journey. It's like, why is drawing important or creating important to like my business plan? Like, why does that make sense? And it's so yeah. it's serendipitous that you even just said that I didn't even pull that out of the, all the research I did. So that's, <laughs> it's perfect. Uh, universe looks out. I am curious though, before we dig into some of the details on you, a lot of my guests, well, probably all of them have sort of this early on rebellious spirit. If you, I think, well, you tell me when you started to see your dad's diet change, you get low sodium. What was in you where it's like, I'm seeing these professionals and especially the generation above us believe everything that doctors say, because that's how it was. What was in you where it's like, uh, I don't know, like maybe I'm going to dig into this. Like what made you kind of question that better way? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've always been a little bit like skeptical skeptical yeah we'll say just skeptical like um I think my mom growing up would always be like why can't you just kind of like suck up to your teachers or like why yeah. can't you just be like really amicable and I'd be like well, why am I going to be amicable for like if somebody's saying something that I don't agree with don't believe in don't see to be true like I'm just <laughs> that's not me yeah. um and so I think like I started reading probably from like just having my own body image issues. I also like played soccer growing up, tore my ACL, my oh, body changed because I couldn't do as many sports. Um, and so I think like from that, I kind of had this like, I don't know, little mini meltdown and trying to figure out like kind of how to like manipulate my body. But also I was like, 15, 16, 17, your body's changing so much during that time. But I really started reading a lot of books um, on nutrition, on spirituality, just kind of like trying to figure out what I thought, what I agreed with. Um, and that viewpoint changed 
constantly yeah. over time to get to the place I am now. Um, but yeah, I think I've always been like a little bit of a, not a contrarian. I like to hear all different perspectives and kind of like make a decision from there. And I usually like, there's some validity in like all the things that people say, but trial and error kind of get you to a place that you're like, I think this might be, make a little more sense to me, like intuitively. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think that's great. And I, I, for all, you know, I talk a lot about like our younger audiences because I, I I know that they're the future and that what's going on and people our age and over. That's great. We really, in my opinion, have to focus on the ones coming up. And I say challenge everything all the time. Like authority doesn't always have to be right. And the thing is in the landscape that we exist in, and I think our young people are good at this, is constantly changing. They see that because of social media and access with internet and like things maybe we didn't have access to as young humans. Absolutely. They can question, yeah, they can question a better way and ch fact check us all the time. I would say don't even listen to us go question everything we say and go find out for yourself because I think everyone has some piece of truth that's their truth but you got to find your truth in it and even if authority's telling you that which like you I kind of I never really I do I fundamentally couldn't understand why people were telling me what to do like I even remember my dad being like who do you think you are not like in this like really aggressive sarcastic way but just like yeah, yeah. Ge genuinely asking and I I didn't get it and when I got older I was like oh my god I really did kind of I didn't have this rebellious let's break rules spirit I just fundamentally didn't understand why someone was telling you what to do and I'm like I'll do I'll do the work I'm gonna go I'll do my workouts I don't need you telling me so yeah I really yeah, I champion. I'm not a rule breaker either. Like I'm like, <laughs> I, I like to follow the rules, but at the same time, I'm like, I I need the rule to make sense to me. Yeah. But I need it to not just be because you're like in control or like in power, authority, et cetera. Like I right. I need it to actually make sense, not just like you on a power trip. <laughs> make it make sense. Yeah. I will probably break some rules finding out the truth. So I might, I'm not as much of a rule, but not intentionally. I'm not really here to cause harm. I'm just yeah, not yeah. really here to do it your way. So <laughs> there's massive trial and error. That's not always the easiest path, but I do think it's one of the ones where the lessons stick the most. Um, so I find it interesting. So I also tore my ACL in college and that was a huge shift. I think that was my first depression because I couldn't play lacrosse. I did end up going back, thank God. And I was, you know, continuing my athletic journey. But, you know, as you're young and your hormones are shifting and everything's changing, in addition to, you know, your hormones control your gut and your brain or your gut, I should say, control your hormones. And, you know, everything works together. What was like your first initial step into hormonal health? Because this is a massive conversation. Where we still have a lot of holes in the game for my women of all ages out there um, to question a better way. When did that start? And like, what was some of the first intel that you really got? Where you're like, I had no idea how important hormones were. Yeah. So... Probably what I, I think I was 21 when okay. I wanted to go on. Oh, hey dogs. Pops in um, when I was 21, I started, I had my first serious boyfriend and I was like, I don't want to be on birth control, but I'm also terrified of yeah. getting pregnant. And so to me, I felt like at the time, I just remember feeling like that was the only possible option for me, even though intuitively I was like this, I don't want to be on this. I'm stressed out. I, this doesn't feel right to me. Um, I was on it for like a year. And I just remember like, I, I like every time I would take this pill, I was anxious. I was yeah. like on the lowest dose. And I was like, I just don't feel like I should be taking this. I was always freaked out by it. Um, and like, I actually had done research on the side effects of birth control. So while 
the doctors didn't really tell them to me. I had done the research. And so then I went in with questions and they just kind of brushed it off and were like, everyone takes it. You're fine. Yeah. This is your option. If you don't want to end up pregnant, I was like, okay. Um, and yeah, so after a year I came off of it and I just remember my, um, why are you staring at me? My boyfriend just came in here and just like stared me in the face. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh God, so uncomfortable. <laughs> um, what? Um, yeah. So when I came off of it, I remember like noticing that I, my boyfriend and I had broken up as like the first love of my life. And I, we kind of had this like on again, off again thing. And I remember coming off of birth control and thinking that he smelled different to me and oh, like, wasn't as attracted to him. I felt like I, I just had like kind of this shift in attraction towards him. And I was like, well, that's very strange. Um, and I kind of, at that point knew that that was I like did a little more research and was like, oh, this is like kind of like a thing that can happen with birth control. Also, when I got off of it, I had never had any type of like um, PMS symptoms, cramps or anything. And as soon as I got off, um, I started having like debilitating cramps and like very severe periods for probably like three months. Um, and I wasn't even on birth control that long. So I was like, this is crazy. Um, and then when I was on it, I just like was emotional. Like I would cry about everything, which is just not who I was. Um, and so around, like kind of around that time, once like the that whole year of like having to be on it and noticing these changes to getting off of it, I was like, kind of trying to figure out what I thought, but this was probably what, like over 10 years ago. And so there really wasn't a ton of information right. at that time. I feel like now it's a lot more popular and we have a lot more information. Um, but yeah, it was really like hard at that time to kind of like find people or like, you know, I think Instagram was probably like just starting around there. So social media wasn't what it is today. Like Snapchat had just come out, I think. Right. Right. Um, you know, so like there weren't very many places where you could like go to find things. And I wasn't one of those, like, I didn't really get on the internet to like go to blogs and stuff. So maybe I could have found more information, but in the years I came off birth control, I was like, I'm never going back on that again it fucked me up. Yeah. Um, and I think like in the few years that followed, um, I started like learning more information about it from like Dr. Jolene Brighton. I think she was just like a phenomenal person in the hormonal health space and kind of came to this realization actually when I moved out to Colorado. So like around eight or nine years ago, I was going to see a doctor and they um, were like more of a functional doctor and they were like, you aren't healing properly from like injured past injuries or acute stressors because you're such a perfectionist. And I was like, yeah, excuse me. Like you're <laughs> saying you're an, you're an athlete. So like one of the things he asked me was like, get out in nature, like relax. And I was like, yeah, well, I just moved to Colorado and I'm not used to the altitude. And my brother has been here for a year. And he, when we go hiking, he goes faster than me. And it really makes me mad. And I want to beat him. And he was like, are you okay? <laughs> He's like, why is that? Like, you're spending time in nature. Why are you trying to compete with your brother? Why are you mad about yeah. not like being used to the altitude yet? And I was like, because like, isn't everyone like that? Right, He's right. Like, Oh, no, no, no. Take it down a notch. 
Um, and so I think that was like the first time I realized that I was like, maybe a little bit of a perfectionist, maybe a little bit more in my masculine. And I started learning about like feminine, feminine and masculine energy and how a lot of times I was staying in my masculine, my like more perfectionist, um, tendencies to protect myself. Um, and so when I kind of started learning about the balance of feminine and masculine energy, that really is what sent me down this full hormonal health path and learning more about it. And that is like a long-winded story, but you know, I feel like it was, it's been like what a 15 year journey, but it, it started with not wanting to be on birth control, feeling like that was my only option. Finally, just being like, fuck it. I'm not taking it. I don't care. Um, and here we are. I love it. Well, there's, there's so much to unpack under there because again, (laughs) it kind of leads us back to like that creativity or questioning a better way and understanding that not everything is this already dialed out roadmap scientific proven such and such like you really do have to go back to your intuition because like you it's funny we actually really do have a ton in common which is crazy um but then again of course it's not because universe is out here just you know laughing at us all um i intuitively never wanted to be on birth control because i had seen my mom go through all this I'm one of four, I have three younger brothers and my youngest brother is 13 years younger than us. And people always think he's like the mistake. And ironically, I think I was, and (laughs) my parents obviously lucked out and he was the most planned because my mom had like 17 miscarriages. And I saw all this trial and error with hormones. And I was like, this is not right. And as um, a young person, I was an athlete but I did not want to be on birth control. So it was a hard conversation of how do we stay not pregnant and, you know, still live our life and do what we want to do, but, you know, not put these chemicals in my body. And the only time I did take it, uh, like you is because I was a competitive lifter. And when you're lifting, especially Olympic lifting, you, if you're ovulating your cycle or whatever you can, I mean, it really impacts your strength. And so I wanted to control my cycle to compete that lasted about three months. And I was like, I feel not like myself. This is not me. And I got off it and I've never taken it since. And as that time has gone on, more and more research has come out. And I'm so glad our young people can question what's right for them. I would always say, go talk to your doctor, find out what's good for you. I'm very advocate for it's your body your choice do what you got to do just get the intel yeah you you got to figure out your own stuff um that being said there's a lot that's not shared when it comes to birth control and a lot of doctors don't share it with you so kind of what Blair was pointing out at the beginning advocate for yourself and know that regardless of what authority is telling you you got to go in there and, and question and do some of your research and then put that in with your doctor's advice have you had people come to you saying like listen my doctor's doing this what do you think and then how do you advise them Um, like in this kind of hormonal conversation. Yeah. It's tough because every time I go to the doctor, when I tell them I'm not on birth control, they're like, you're going to get pregnant. You need to be on a prenatal. Like it's every time. And I'm like, okay, well (laughs) it's my choice. So like, please leave me alone. Uh, it's, it is really frustrating. And I know like that is something that happens if you're not on birth control and like, that's your choice that's pretty much always going to happen. Yeah. Uh, I was actually listening to a podcast the other day and like this woman was talking about how birth control negatively affected her and her partner was thinking about getting a vasectomy um, so that like he could have some of that burden. And this doctor was just like, well, you could get an IUD and you could do this and you could do that. And like, you should be the one. And it was just like so infuriating. And it was a female doctor because I was yeah. like, okay, well, like IUDs do still have side effects. IUDs are also extremely fucking painful to get in. So don't mm-hmm. actually like no big deal to just like go get an IUD and get them out. 
yeah it's like yeah. it was just absolutely infuriating so I just always say like stick to your guns and if you don't want to have that conversation with your doctor then just shut it down like usually mm -hmm. if somebody tries to ask me something like I a lot of times again like they're like birth control blah blah, blah. I just go okay well I'm comfortable with what I'm doing and I don't really I, I don't need your input I mean and and the crappy thing is if you are trying to figure out like you're saying I'm pro-informed consent I am pro people going on birth control if that's what's best for them like mm -hmm. no judgment at all a lot of my friends are on birth control and that works for them and I'm happy for them I'm also happy to talk to them if they start having side effects and they Absolutely. want to do something else. Um, I just, I don't think we should gaslight women in the medical industry when they're having side effects from birth control. Um, so yeah, if you're com comfortable and confident with what you're doing, just like shut down the conversation with your doctor. I think like you shouldn't be afraid to do that. Um, yeah. get your doctor, if they can't respect the fact that you're shutting down the conversation, that's what um, I'd say. Yeah. But most of the time, if you are actually looking for like, I do want to be on birth control or I want another option. Um, it is kind of tough because you want to ask questions about the different types of birth control, but you know, that's a little bit of a different conversation, but I would say like, get the information, take it home, sit on it. Don't let somebody push you into something without like taking it home, doing your own research and like taking a moment by yourself. Cause I notice in the doctor's office, a lot of times they'll just like kind of they'll give you options, but like very much pressure you into whatever they think is correct. Right. Um, so always like, if you are seeking information and like, you need to talk to your doctor about it, just like, don't be afraid to say, okay, I'm not going to make a decision today. Thank you so much for the information and shut it down. Boom. So well said. And I, I can't advocate um, or support that more because you have to remember all this, just like health, wealth, health, wellness, and nutrition and fitness. This is a business. And they are in sales. And I'm not saying doctors don't have your health in mind, but if you don't feel good about your doctor, get a new one. You are a client. You're paying to be there. And they're, they're, they're in service of you. So if this service isn't serving you, get the heck out of there. Go talk to your friends. Get a referral. Get somebody that, that is tried, trusted, and true. And know that you have options. You never have to stay in any of these situations. And some doctors are in sales. And there is major incentives for them to prescribe some of these things. Um, and there's kickbacks. And there's all kinds of business going on. So, again, you really got to advocate for your and, and just trust your gut. You don't even have to have this fully over-explained scientific reason for feeling a certain way you do. If it just doesn't feel right, that's enough to go a certain direction. Because on the flip side of this combo is, I think, probably a lot of our friends of our age, um, I'm 42, I, I don't know where you fall in line, but um, I was never really pressed to have children, And I, but I've always liked to have the option open. And as a 42-year-old, most of my friends at this point have been entrepreneurs, whatever they put, you know, having children off or while. So now they're trying to get pregnant. So there's one side of it where you're not wanting to get pregnant for a certain period of life. And then on the flip side, they're trying to, and some of my friends are younger, you know, 25 to 28, and they're having a hard time um, conceiving. So do you have any conversation with people that are, maybe they're coming up birth control or never want it, but now they're trying to conceive and the conversation is like a 180? Yeah. It's so interesting because I've had people, you know, talk to me about like, why don't you just go on birth control if you like they're like it's like i'll say like one thing like oh man i'm a little crampy today well i haven't had my period in three years and it's amazing i don't know why you wouldn't want that and i'm like well i i think of my period as the fifth vital sign and i it's actually helpful for me to and i and i appreciate it and i know that sounds weird like i might 
be like, this is annoying, but I appreciate it. Kind of like you were saying with power lifting, like you wanted to control your body for performance. So you totally have a little bit of the same, like, oh yeah, bitter perfection. <laughs> we're out here for sure. It's like, it's like, we just want to be, we want to be good. We want to, and then it's like a little bit of a control thing. Like you're like, well, if I can control my hormones, then I can like yeah. perform at my peak. But I think like one of the reasons that I give, and I don't really think I want children, um, whispering. So my boyfriend doesn't hear me because it's a <laughs> that might be a conversation you want to have as your non-therapist uh, advocate out here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we have that conversation fairly regularly, um, <laughs> but, um, one of the things I say, I'm like, I don't necessarily want children, but like, what if I decide that I do, or what if you decide that you do and you're on birth control and you're not able to see that you might have some hormonal dysregulation that you're not aware of. So it's not necessarily, I like, don't. I, I have two differing viewpoints on this, but I don't, I don't think that hormonal birth control is great for us. I think that it can probably have some negative side effects. It's very hard to see like, you know, correlation versus causation with that. Like are, is it birth control making it harder for people to have children or are people getting on birth control? So then when they get off, like they already had the hormonal issue. Right. What I mean, and then they got on it because it and it hit the symptoms. And then when they come off and they're ready to have kids, they're like, "Oh shit, I have PCOS," and I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, I fall somewhere in the middle. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> but I definitely think it sucks when you're put on birth control at like 14, 15, yeah. 13. I feel like they're putting pe- like young, young, young kids, kids well- on birth control. Well, there's a lot of layers to that conversation because I think our mayor a couple of years ago passed like putting IUDs into younger people and there was reasons for that, um, you know, socioeconomic status and just protecting them in general. And that was probably the better option in some of the situations they were in. So there's a lot of layers here. I'm with you. I'm with you. Like nutrition with wellness. No, no, there's no one size fits all to anything. And and like I said, I think the most important thing, the overriding conversation or theme of this conversation is question a better way. Question us, question everything. Just have the conversation and questions, right? What's right with you? And then dig in because right for you is like just the main thing. It's it's the key because we don't, we don't know everything. Your doctor doesn't know everything. No one knows everything and nobody knows your body like you and no one knows what you want. And I say, have this conversation 14, 15, 16, because my young self, again, I wasn't pressed to be a mom and and I'm still not, but I might at one point, whether that's adoption or, you know, in vitro, who knows what the science goes or where my heart and mind goes. Um, but had I thrown my, froze my eggs early on, knowing that I'd have the option later, knowing I'd likely want to be an entrepreneur and pursue some of these goals and compete at, you know, athletically well into my forties, um, or well into my thirties, early forties. Yeah, I would have. So it's, uh, and I, I have no regrets, let's be clear. But w- again, for our young people listening, go out there, get the information and find out what some of these, what birth control can potentially do, what not taking birth control can do. Do you want to freeze your eggs? Do you, like, there's so many things you can question early. So later on when you're, you know, our age or in your, our, at our space in life, you have more options than we did and you have more intel and knowledge. And I would really encourage parents, this is another tricky thing, to have this conversation with their kiddos. Do you work with any parents or mothers that are working then with their children? And this goes for guys too. Yeah, it's actually been kind of cool. I love when like moms reach out to me and they're like, how do I have this conversation with like my 14, 15 year old? I, I don't want them to be on birth control, but I want them to be safe. And like, yeah. it does, we're not as, we're not as responsible when we're sure. teenagers. 
luckily I was not sexually active until I was like 21. So I felt like I was more responsible, even then not that responsible, but like, you're 21. So so, (laughs) yeah, but definitely when we're in high school, it's like, I feel like as a parent, you're like, Oh my God, just put them on birth control. Cause like, yeah, I get it. Um, but being able to have that conversation with your child, cause I do think it would be really cool if kids started tracking their cycles from the second that it starts, like having that like intuitive knowledge with your body. There's a company, have you heard of the Daisy fertility tracker? No, I saw it on your thing. I use, um, Oh, cycle. I think it's called, Natural let me see. Uh, it's just like an easy health app clue. I was oh, cool. okay. yeah so um, super simple because like I just think being connected to your body and I will I don't want to interrupt your point because I want you to carry on with this with the parent conversation um but I think anytime you're disrupting a system that's naturally happening just like if you cook food the more you mess with it the less you're taking it from its original form so you're disrupting your period and like these natural cycles they are there for a reason so without all the deep science and everything else you're disrupting a natural process and I'll leave it at that so yeah. <laughs> I'm still here for our kiddos not getting pregnant at 15 if that's not the desired situation. Um, but yeah, carry on with your point. I I threw yeah. you off there. Um, no, you're fine. But this company, it's called Daisy. It's a it's a thermometer. So you take your temperature every morning, but it some people that are deep, deep, deep into the fertility awareness method get like mad about it. But I'm like, yo, this is like a very nice intro to that because it has a um it actually uses an algorithm and so that it can kind of like move around. Okay. We'll get too deep into it, but basically they came out with like one for teens and it like comes with a book and stuff and it's not out. I think it comes out in like the next month, cool. but I was like, this is really cool. Like this is super important because when I think you mentioned this at the beginning, like I wrote a book called the goddess guide and it's like kind of to help women like be able to understand their cycle and how things change throughout their cycle. And I've always thought like, it would be really cool to have a children's one. I, that's like, I know there's, there's period books to give girls when they like first start their periods. Um, but I think it would be, I feel like we need one that goes like more in depth and like, I don't know, like a little more how, yeah, I just feel like none of them really went as in depth as like now the knowledge that we have on around our cycles. Like I wasn't taught that we had four cycles, like, oh, you have your period. Yay. You're a woman now. Like you could get pregnant, but I don't remember there being much like deep information like I'm sure okay again going back to being an athlete like if I was having a bad day playing soccer and I was on my period I would have never connected that and I think like teaching young people that that when you know like okay don't be so hard on yourself your hormones are different at varying parts of your cycle that's okay and then I just think that that's I it's really cool. I don't know exactly what this company's doing, but I just wanted to bring that up because I was like, oh, they're like actually formulating a way to like help teenagers kind of connect to their cycles from the get-go. Um, yeah, I, well, I think that's huge because here's the thing. The kiddos now are growing up with way more information, opportunity, probably sexual opportunity. Like there's way more in front of them. Than they're having less sex. Yeah, well, then <laughs> it seems that way. I'm judging up Instagram and Snapchat, like y'all are out here. Yeah. So we gotta, we gotta be responsible. <laughs> and I'm not even here, that's the reality they live in. So I'm not here to argue even whether it's right or wrong or what you should or shouldn't do. I just lean into protecting yourself and take care of your physical health so you can take care of your mental health. Cause obviously both go the same and like some of your early on decisions I always say this to my kiddos, opportunity costs, do whatever you want from my perspective. Just know that these choices now will impact you later significantly. So you've got these life goals, agendas, visions, 
know that like your choices now really do matter and that can kind of apply to everything but i think with this thermometer situation and these these other things i i was i think i got my period i can't even remember but i was like 15 or 16 i was late and some of my friends had it at like 12 so i think that is a conversation with itself but there wasn't like you're saying any deep conversation or tools even for my parents to say this is what about this where now i think our kiddos are on TikTok, Instagram, they're on your website, digging in at 14, 15, and they're advocating for themselves, looking at these options. So I think they are even more open and this is more digestible to them than it is to our parents. So right now, I really do think you're speaking to 13, 14, 15 year olds that have found your Instagram and they're digging into this and finding out um, their options. And I really do think they're receptive. Have you experienced any of that? Yeah. I feel like sometimes my content is not as um, G-rated as maybe it should be for. But they're out here. They're in that anyways. Like, I agree with you. But, like, the reality That's is they're they're in this they're in this world drinking this in, no pun intended, whether we're trying to consciously keep them away from it or not. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Sometimes I think about that. I'm like, oops. Um, but, you know, well, <laughs> they're talking about sex at, like, 14, yes. 15, whatever. They're having sex. Well, again, this generation apparently is not having as much sex according to studies, but (laughs) I guess, you know what, it's important to hear about safe sex and things at that age. Um, Well, whether you're doing it or not, you should know about it. I mean, it's just like drinking, like you need to know the effects. If you're under 21 and not drinking, you might as well know, learn about it now. So when you are 21, which everyone's pretty much drinking under 21, you, you know, you know, so it's like, whether you're doing something or not, go ahead and know about it. Yeah. Um, so I do have like younger sometimes it's parents that are reaching out about like how how do I navigate this with like my child or like do you have any resources I want to buy them your book and I'm like okay well it's like not not totally g-rated but like totally for high school it's fine it's fine yeah just cursing it a little bit um but then like sometimes especially on TikTok more so um I would have some younger people asking questions and I do it is cool like I didn't know if my blood was like a different color or I didn't even know how long my cycles were when I was that age so I do think it's cool that they're like actually like interested in learning they're Mm -hmm. like oh is this normal for my body? Cause I didn't even pay attention to what was going on. I was right. just like, yep. Sometimes I'm on my period. Yeah. Yeah. There's not that connect, but again, they just live in a different world and there is the upside of social media is there's so much more Intel, you know, some good, some bad. Um, but there, information, but also it's nice. <laughs> well, if you learn how to navigate, and again, if you're having these conversations to question this better way, I do think you can find the truth for you earlier and your process to the, some, to these conclusions that took us, you know, 15, 20 years, they'll get that in five or, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll understand how to question authority, you know, probably in a, a more graceful way than we did, but it's, it's pretty awesome. Well, so tell us shifting from that, if you are over 21 and you're partaking in, um, some alcoholic libations, um, or I should say libations with alcohol, you do a great job with mocktails. Cause I feel like drinking's becoming not cool. Turmeric and tequila obviously is a podcast and it's a juxtaposition to be all things. Cause I'm a long time health enthusiast, competitive athlete, also love my party and fun and finding that balance is tough. So tell me how you kind of got into like cocktails, mocktails and how that impacts, you know, some of our hormonal situation. Yeah. It's so funny because I've never been a huge drinker, but like I will drink. I don't, I just consider, I feel like I have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Um, but it's, it's so funny because it used to not be cool at all. Like if I would be like, I, I'm just not going to drink today. I don't, I don't feel like it. People would be like, lame, like, like, okay, well, (laughs) 
want to even less because I don't want to do what you're telling me. Challenging the authority. Yeah. (laughs) But now, yeah, you have like this whole movement where it it depends what side of social media you're on, I suppose. Sometimes I like these like young kids like partying so hard and like they're like, oh, I vomited and they think they're so cool. And I'm like, ah. And then I'm like, then there's the other side where they're not drinking as much. And I'm like, that's cool. Um, but yeah, there's like this whole sober movement. And I have always really loved, like, I'm a very, very social person, very extroverted, always have loved like fun drinks. But like I said, like, I don't always want an alcoholic beverage or, or something overly sweet. Like sometimes I'm like, it'd be fun to like get a pretty drink, but I don't necessarily want alcohol right now. I definitely don't want something sweet. And so I've always kind of made like my own, what I have always called elixirs. Cause I'm like, oh, it's like something fun <laughs> and pretty. And it makes me feel like I'm like, you know, enjoying myself without like having something that's going to make me not feel good tomorrow right. or that is going to impact my hormonal health, et cetera. And so on. So yeah, it's funny. Cause as the, uh, like mocktail movement has increased over the past year, it's like made a lot more eyes, brought a lot more eyes onto my page. And I'm like, I'm actually yeah. not even sober. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> like, I'm all for like healthy alcohol consumption in whatever way. Um, but obviously alcohol does impact our hormones. Um, again, I don't, I just, I don't like to be black and white with anything. Like yeah, you, you don't need to be in a box. You don't need to be in a box. <laughs> you get it. But like, I don't think we need to, unless you legitimately have like an addiction and like need to be sober, that's fine. But I don't really feel the need to like put something into a box just because I like love hormone health and alcohol isn't probably the best for our hormones. Doesn't mean I'm never going to drink. I might choose to drink like when I'm ovulating and my body can like process better and detoxify better and I'm not going to get a hangover. Um, but I also might have a glass of wine when I'm on my period because my ovaries are mad and I, that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's an interesting, I don't know. I just think that's an interesting topic because I just think you can have balance and not be so rigid. Well, I mean, there's also this whole other conversation around cortisol, stress hormone, and it can make you gain weight, can make you do this. And if you're tracking your macros and you're doing your your workouts and you're never drinking alcohol and you're never, I'm not a marijuana person, but smoking weed or whatever your, your vice is. Um, and you can be an addict to anything. Let it be known fitness. So, I mean, not sobriety, but although I think people can get too rigid there, anything that's a stressor, including doing the right thing all the time impacts your cortisol. You're stressed out. So like all this stuff is so much of a balanced approach in general and go check out her page because her, her, you do a phenomenal job of putting your mocktails together. It's very well executed. It's beautiful. Um, so they're, even if you don't like mocktails, they're really enjoyable videos to watch and just the creating. You could add te- tequila to them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. This is my favorite alcohol as well. So I'm like down. It's, it's plant-based. <laughs> I, I say it's the best of all the poisons. Um, yeah, but For you sure. can't, the rigidity is, is I think equally as toxic as not just letting yourself be a human once in a while. Like as a perfectionist, was this like one of your biggest things you overcame and like let yourself be a human? Exactly. Like if I sit, <laughs> like for the people that I know that are like, I'm not going to drink anymore, but then they like go out and they're like, well, I kind of want to have a drink with my friends. It's like, would you rather like be sitting here, like being like, okay, I'm not going to go out with my friends because I'm going to be tempted, which is like, what the fuck? Or if you're going to go out and like be thinking about it the whole time, or you could go out and like 
be like, I really want to have a drink with my friends. This is fun. And like, it is a, like a form of stress relief. You're having fun. Like which do you think is better for you? I'm going to tell you, it's probably having this drink and going out with your friends. Yes. People are probably going to disagree with me, but that's what I think. I'm like, if it's something that like brings you joy and is like fun and like stress relief, it's going to be, it's going to be fine. It's going to be okay. You support yourself with like some charcoal, some B vitamins, some electrolytes. Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> We're so here for activated charcoal. It's um, any, any, I'm, I'm one of those. that's so like, I like to go right to the line. We're going to do all the things like we'll drink the cleanest alcohol. We'll take activated charcoal before we'll have electrolyte stuff. Like we'll do all this stuff. Cause we're still going to party. So I'm one of those that like toes the line to the T, but then we're still going to do all the healthy things. Well, that's like, okay. My mocktails, I call them like functional mocktails. Cause they aren't high in sugar. They have like ingredients in them that are like good for your body. So if you add alcohol to them, like you're still getting like all the good stuff. Gonna, maybe it'll counteract <laughs> it a little bit. <laughs> right. Right. You could do, I mean, it's, it's, it's like, I know like fitness at this point, like I'm overtraining, so it's breaking down my body, but we'll eat protein. <laughs> we'll do all this stuff. Like it's way too much. You don't need to do that much, but of course I'm going to do the most until I can't. Cause that's just good for my mental health and whatever. Um, but I, I think it's that again, balance and finding out like what really works for you that kind of fits like this whole human approach on your own personal happiness. Yes. Yes. Happiness is more important than all of it. It really is. And I, again, I, for a short time. what's that? So we're only here for a short time. Well, that's, the, a little bit. that's the flip side of it is that people are living like dying's an option and like, that's not a reality. So you still got to breathe through some stuff, do it. If you got to get on birth control for three months, cause you're going to live in Spain and you're just going to hot girl summer it. You know what? I'm not out here to judge you. Do what you got to do. Come back home and, you know, get your ducks in a row. Like you really got to live your life and know that, you, 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 the daily is, is passing or burning daylight and you got to just relax and, and enjoy things, even if it's not optimal health, wellness, fitness all the time. It, it, are, are you good about that now? Do you have to check it at some point and be like, we can just chill. Are you on the flip side of like, let's dial back in? Um, it totally depends. I think right now I've been in a space of like work, work, work. Yeah. Because I'm just like feeling a lot of expansion in my business. And so I'm kind mm. of like taking that, like, seat of like hanging out a little bit more in my a little bit more in my masculine okay not that that's like I also feel like some people get offended when we talk about feminine masculine to me it's just like a way to describe something you can be more masculine some days more feminine some days yeah it's not necessarily a guy girl thing. That's I'm why like, I think we, we have fine. It doesn't, yeah. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Um, but I'm kind of like hanging out in that area, like being a little more like rigid about things, uh, just to kind of like get through this time of growth. And I was thinking about this last night, actually, I was like, I need to get a little more balanced with what I'm doing. And it's definitely not the way it was in the past. I'll just notice like, oh, like I, I'm not spending as much time in like things that like bring me like pleasure or like, yeah. I'm not spending as much time cuddling with my boyfriend or whatever it is that I like know is like me being like more soft. So I do, there are times where I definitely notice like, okay, I want to tap like a little more back, back into not being as a per much of a perfectionist, but it also like it, um, that's like who I am at the core a little bit. Sure. Uh, sure. I don't want to go back to like being so rigid that I'm like 
fucking myself up um, and messing up my hormones and like injuring myself because I'm being wild. But it, there's a place to like, you know, get you where you're going. So I'm like a little bit more in that space right now, but definitely not, definitely not the way I used to be. It was, it was more of like a coping mechanism and like protection than anything else. And so for sure, much more aware of it, I guess. Well, yeah. Do you have, do you have protest? Cause I think for you, I think that's the key takeaway for everyone um, is that like, it's going to ebb and flow. And like the key yeah. piece is just that self-awareness in that checking point. Do you have like pro tips for anyone that's like, cause I will kind of like, I'm doing double trackers. I started doing macros. Like I start, like I will go all in like a business cause that's yeah. at, at the mindset. And then I got to pull back and readjust. Do you have a pro tip for people out there that kind of like swing from side to side that like can check back in and kind of keep that better balance? Yeah. It's so interesting. I feel like when you are kind of checking in or you had that realization. Like when I first was like, oh, I'm being way too much of a perfectionist and doing this whole thing. I swung so far to the other side and like, was like having a blast, having a great time, but then like, yeah. just like, went through like a heartbreak that was like no other. I was like, oh, I was too, a little too open. We were too yeah. open. Yeah. We were too vulnerable. <laughs> Not that that's a bad thing, but just like, wrecked me a little bit. And so then it kind of like, it is like a little bit of a pendulum. And I don't know that I have any tips other than just like checking in with yourself. Like, I think it's really important to ask ourselves, like, why are we doing something? Mm -hmm. How are we feeling? Even if like, does, I guess it doesn't have to be every day, but like maybe every week or every month, like just asking yourself the question of like, how am I feeling? What is serving me? And like, you can apply that to like, okay, am I spending enough time with my friend, my girlfriends, am I, am I making time for like my romantic life, my friendships, am yeah. I making time for things that bring, bring me pleasure? Like I was noticing that I just like, feel like I was just eating food when I needed to. That's like one of the things I've been noticing recently yeah. instead of like enjoying, like being like, oh, <laughs> just shoveling it in over the sink. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, okay, well I need to eat. I'm hungry. And then I got to get back to work versus it, it's really important for me a for like digestion and so many things, but I was like, oh, I like food is such an enjoyable thing. And just because I'm eat, making it at home and eating it at home doesn't mean I can't like take a moment to appreciate this. But anyway, so just like, I think just asking yourself, why am I doing this? Am I happy? Am I experiencing pleasure? Like pleasure is such a huge thing. We live in a society where like pleasure isn't really like it's like, okay, you work, 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 work. Then you take a vacation and can have like fun and pleasure on vacation, but it, it's not like prioritized daily. So like, even right. if it's just like one thing that you do that you feel like brings you pleasure in some capacity every day, I think that's really important because we get so caught up and so caught up in the grind, <laughs> caught up in the grind of things and like forget. And so, yeah, maybe so I feel like some people would say a daily check-in. I feel like anytime we like do something too much, it like doesn't feel sustainable. So even if it's like monthly just like yeah. a check yourself like what what's bringing me joy right now what's bringing right. me pain do I feel like I'm being successful like I don't know you know just yeah check it. I agree well because we, we get this idea what's that schedule your check-in with yourself yeah if you got to and if that works I agree I notice like if I get 
just so beat up. I'm super like adrenal fatigue. I'm one of those, like we'll go till there's nothing left just because we yeah. can. And I, and I think, uh, you know, God, universe Madonna serves us these hard lessons, heartbreak, losing in a sport or whatever. The hardest probably because like humans like us, I say my varsity humans have to learn the hardest. Like we are not listening until we're like kicked down, bent over on the floor crying. And then it's like, Oh, okay. Now I'm listening. Like we need to pivot here. And now we get the joke. And so we're going to do it. And like a lot of people, and I think a lot of listeners will identify with this where we have, and it, even, even if you are tried and true, you got the degrees, you got the experience, like we're going to continue to learn. And it's just kind of like learning, you know, to get to, you don't have to go to full breakdown. It's just like close. And then you learn, and then it's a little less close to that full breakdown. And you constantly have grace with yourself, but that check-in I think is, and you can pull yourself out and be like, yo, I'm really tired or I'm really bored or I'm going to need to do more or um, whatever. And I think that that pleasure piece of like what works for me. And I think pleasure is very tied up with like triple X, like adult store, like something creepy going on. Like that's for um, too. If that's like where whatever your thing is, we're not going to judge. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, do your thing, but it's, it's just like getting back to like, what, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing and like authority says whatever or am I doing what I want to do and that's really hard especially in America and our society and how we grew up because you're not really taught to check in with that and and what what is important to you we're told to check in with our like benchmarks and checkpoints not right. like our bank account yeah it's like bank account bank account did I buy a house am I yeah. by this I, time what are the checkpoints yeah yeah uh, yeah it's kind of crazy. Well, I do before, cause there's so many things we want to go, but before, um, we start to close out, I want to talk about fibroids. It's been coming up. Anything that comes to my world, I was trying to hit it on the cast because I feel like other people are coming are dealing with it too, but fibroids are coming up all over the place. They disproportionately impact women of color and the medical system, um, isn't showing up, uh, there, uh, significantly. So, so that's a whole podcast, but I really want to know what your experience is. There's not a ton of research out there. All my friends that have it, um, have them, you know, I've had in-depth conversations with them. They can't find a ton of Intel. Their doctors can't find a ton of Intel. There's been associations with alcohol being, you know, a, a significant factor in fibroids, but tell me like what, you know, what you think about it and like any Intel you can share around fibroids. Yeah. So like you're saying, there's not a ton of information. It's not something that I'm very like well-versed on or know a ton about either. Um, I think like with anything in the hormonal health space, like there are ways that we can support our body, but yeah, it is interesting. Like we don't know exactly like what it is or how to treat it. I feel like you have, I mean, I feel like going to the, like I, I go to acupuncture pretty regularly and I feel like they would talk about it and like meridians and like how the energy is flowing in our body and if we're like holding on to tension in our womb but it, it's just like a yeah there's not a ton of information I think I kind of focus on things broad as opposed to issue-based okay. um, and so I would look at it from if I was experiencing that or like when I speak to people it's like check in with stress, like, and stressors can obviously come from so many different places, like work, relationships, friendships, um, exercise, your nutrition, your water, so on and so forth. But like a lot of times people are doing everything right. Yeah. These things still pop up. And so it's, it's tough to know like what exactly that is. And of course, like with women's issues, of course, we don't have a ton of research on it. <laughs> 
Right, right. And it's it's kind of crazy. And so even if we're not giving you conclusive evidence right now, I just want to bring light to the topic because it's not even talked about enough. And people are saying, you know, for years, they can't even figure out what it is. And it turns out it's fibroids. So if you're listening to this and we can't give you hard information and you're feeling symptoms you can't figure out, ask your doctor, is it fibroids? Or can we check for this? Or can we, you know, get ahead of this, get on ahead of the game? I've had friends that have had them removed and they're of significant size. And, they, and they've been told they've been there since they were like 11, 12, 13, early on. So you can start asking questions about, these situations and maybe that is what it is but you can at least have that conversation that awareness early on and know um and start to ask questions of how do we start to address this intentionally yeah i mean it, it is just like frustrating i feel like women can go in and have symptoms and yeah they just be told to go on birth control or like b that's totally normal and you have to advocate for yourself so i think it's important to bring up just in case somebody like is like okay maybe i should just ask to see if that's yeah. something should be part of the problem, but yeah. It's, it's totally true. Uh, and I love it. So the, the running theme has been here. I think we are s similar in our spirit of questioning that better way and advocating for yourself. I think regardless of what intel you pull from this conversation, that is truly the takeaway to trust your gut, trust your intuition, and know when something's right and know when something's wrong for you. So just continue to learn in, lean into learning about yourself and um, checking in with the full mental health and wellness. Uh, tell us where we find you, um, hit us with all the details and then any sort of, I know you have a wealth of information on so many topics, but anything you want to share, um, like a pro tips or something that's significant to you, health and wellness wise, that's impacted you on your journey. Oh my gosh. I think the biggest thing that's impacted me is just like, we're going to, I've said this so many times, but I was such a perfectionist, like totally just like felt like I had to do everything perfectly. Like yeah. I, my body needed to look perfect. My diet needed to be perfect. My exercise. I needed to do it like seven times a week, whatever it was, like everything I felt like I had to be perfect in order to be successful. And so health-wise for me, it's just dialing. The biggest thing for me, I know, and I said this too, pleasure is like, how can I thread the needle of like, I know what makes me feel my best versus like, this is what I'm supposed to do. So like kind of finding like, pleasure and not trying to just do everything perfect with diet, with fitness, whatever it is with work, um, has been like the main thing for me. And like when I don't really work with clients anymore, but when I was working with clients that like the small things always make like the biggest impact. And so it isn't about being perfect. It's about figuring out like what works for you, even if it's like the smallest impact, like adding in organ meats, like yeah, like a fucking huge impact. Um, it may not be like that you needed to cut out like 10 different food groups, yeah. you know, like 10 different foods. Um, yeah. So that's, that's always like what I advocate for, for everyone is taking it down a notch. Um, and then you can find me at holistic rendezvous pretty much everywhere. Um, on TikTok, I'm Blair Horton, but Holistic Rendezvous, which confuses everyone. No one how to knows how to spell it. Spelled like Brindesvis. Uh. <laughs> yes, it's so funny. I, 
I, it makes so much sense though. I like that you like spelled out um, holistic, what it means and Rondé, what it means. And I think it's very po- perfect as a branding professional. I think you nailed it. So once people lean in, they'll totally get it. And her, her content, it really is fabulous. If none of this appeals to you, I'd say, go check it out. I think a lot of different angles will appeal to everyone in the audience, but in general, you do a really good job with your content. So it's um, entertaining for our fellows out there, for anyone else. It's, it's definitely for all. And I think I'm going to call this podca- podcast, um, pleasure yourself. Number one, to poke the bear. Cause that's the undertoning tone, yeah. but, but also I really do think pleasure, pleasure is your north north star and it should be all of ours because if you really do what you want that really does lead to the physical and mental happiness and like all this diluted conversation we get into the details of hormones and do's and don'ts but like really it's if you're living in that purposeful happy happy space as simple as it sounds i do think it kind of falls together would you agree or disagree with that 1000% agree and like sometimes like we talked about like you have to go to like one thread or the other to yeah. kind of come back center but when you focus on yeah, like doing things that feel good, it changes everything. <laughs> we just we wasted so much time, degrees, certifications, trial and error. <laughs> Don't go to school, kids. I'm just kidding. Go to school, do all the things. Hopefully we can streamline some of your process with our mistakes and our learnings. Chances are probably not because you're a fellow varsity human and you're going to learn the hard way, but we're walking it with you and, and we'll be here to support you. Um, so go check out Blair's stuff. She's got a wealth of information. Are you doing any sort of speaking or anything out here in Denver? Um, I don't have anything coming up. Um, yeah. Okay. Well, if you do, let me know. We're always happy here. Like I said, to promote local. Um, I love what you're doing. I hope our kiddos, our parents, our humans check out her stuff and go question a better way in general. Do you have a favorite quote? Oh gosh. No. (laughs) What about like, is there something that you always say? I mean, besides pleasure yourself, um, is there some like motto you lean into? Uh Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I used to, I, gosh, I haven't thought about this in a while, but my motto for my business goes with pleasure as well. Duh. But it was always love lives here. So, um, I feel like it could be like a little cheesy, but it's not, but it's like, what, like you can think of love as like happiness, pleasure, whatever that is, like, it's always with you. So like in, whatever moment you're in, how can you find like the good in it? So yeah, love lives here. Wow. I haven't thought about that in a while. I used to have to stick. I love that. You <laughs> might be more in your feminine space than you think. Um, I do have to ask you and I'm going to let you go. I heard I, for I, now. <laughs> just for now. I know it's, it's the ebb and flow. Um, yeah. I had a podcast on, it was actually called the whole human way. I don't even like two years ago. And it was a really great question. We were talking about masculine feminine energy and it was a married couple to my longtime CrossFit friends and they're fabulous. And she was talking about masculine feminine energy. And she asked me, would you rather be cherished or respected? What would you choose? Respected, which is more masculine. (laughs) For sure. I said cherished and I for sure thought I was masculine energy because like, you know, I'm always like the hard driver. Um, But it is. I think it's just a really good check-in point. You can ask yourself. I think it can change. Um, But it's it's something to kind of like, if you're listening, ask yourself. The cherished is more feminine energy. uh, Respected is more masculine. But I think that's a kind of a good check-in. Yeah. Mine has probably like always been respected. Like I want people to fucking respect me. Okay. It, it's just funny because I think I used to like want, think I needed to know everything. And I would like be obsessed with going to school and getting another certification, another certification, another certification. Cause I wanted respect. Yeah. That's totally where that came from. And I was like, Blair, this is about your ego and it's not about what makes you happy. So yeah, that just like made me think of that. 
That's interesting. I, well, I think it's a huge driver. And I, cause see, I am, I'm like that athletically. And this is where I like blur the lines of turmeric and tequila, but like cherish to me, if someone cherishes you, like, of course they respect you. Like that didn't even question my mind that you wouldn't be respected yeah. if you're cherished. So it's, I think it's like a personality yeah. thing. Um, but yeah. a lot of my hard drivers, like my high end athletes respected my strong females. Um, yeah. so it's, it's interesting. Yeah, that is interesting. I like that. One. <laughs> well, do both. I think you're getting both. Keep crushing. I love what you're doing. Go check out what Blair has going on. And if something Colorado pops up, let me know because I think we'll have some local humans come check you out. Awesome. Thank you, Blair. Thank you. Thank you for joining Turmeric and Tequila with your host, Kristen Olson. Tune in next time. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen.